love my HBCU. And boy, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man. I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. Man, I hope my team they won one. I hope my team they won one. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, she's half. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, he know what he be talking about. Talking about Mike and Charles, they know what they be talking about. Talking, they compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team if they want a loss. And who the ball? So listen to Professor Yessa and pay attention, cause he gon' teach a lesson. Dr. Cavill's inside the HBC Sports Lab. Yeah, we gon' teach a lesson. <laughs> As you see, I'm on the road, uh, CSRI, the College Sports Research Institute. Charles is down here as a doctoral student. Charles, AD, Drew, Charles really shine today, man. He had a presentation, <laughs> got up there. So, like the light on about. Yes, yes. So it wasn't, just, it wasn't a light on the head and, and a little oil on the head that made him shine. It was actually the knowledge <laughs> coming out of the head. Hey, you know, the light bulb, I'm, the knowledge. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. from the trousers. Uh, Charles F. Moore School of Business. What we do is present. And I'm also <laughs> from, from, from Texas Southern University. So I got both of those good things uh, rolling for me. So no problem whatsoever. <laughs> and, and, and then, of course, don't forget you uh, from the HBCU Sports Lab. So that's where you got that's where that's you got right. your training from. That's right. That's right. I'm supposed to shine in, uh, in when you have uh, 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 days like today. That's when I'm supposed to come through. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll get into it. Celebration Bowl, that's de-escalation of commitment theory from a governance perspective. Then we had one on the prime effect and we looked at uh, the different effects that uh, were attributed to um, in part his movement at Jackson State. Um, so that was uh, interesting and a lot of dialogue that came out of that great session. With that being said, welcome to episode 376 as this is Dr. Bill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Inside the HBC Sports Lab radio show and podcast, the show that's covering the sporting HBC dash for all things HBC sports. From institutions large and small, from the NEIA to the NCAA, we share insights and information on the HBCU sports culture, HBCU athletic aesthetics, to facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs and the business of HBCU sports. We call it just HBCU sports pedagogy for short. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Mike Washington is still out on assignment. He's text here and there, but I'm not sure quite where he is or what he's doing, but he said it's real important, so I'm going to let him make it. With that being said, we do have A.D. Drew in the building, always ready uh, to come in as he has moved to assistant professor tenure track. Oh, man, big time, big time. Had to get you to some of these conferences as well, Drew. We're filming from our home studios and sending a signal live to KCOH 1230 AM studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer, multi-Hall of Famer Ralph Cooper in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. Uh, as I am in the road, actually, in Columbia, uh, South Carolina, uh, we were on the campus of University of South Carolina for CSRI, the College Sports Research Institute. Um, great sessions uh, as we've been here since yesterday. We leave Tremendous. out tomorrow. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll have an event that we'll get to after this to check out some things and kind of close out stuff. 
But uh, people were impressed uh, in terms of what we brought to the table. Uh, we take special, important notice of doing research on HBCUs from different perspectives. So people seem to always be interested in what we bring to the table. And as I said, Charles Shine. With that being said, Charles, how are you doing today? Doing well, Dr. Bill. Uh, like you said, uh, here at the College Sports Research Institute here in Columbia, South Carolina, uh, it's been a tremendous experience in terms of the, the networking with a lot of the bright minds in the sports management field. Uh, we got a sneak preview of uh, the upcoming movie, uh, Air, uh, detailing you know how uh, uh, the, the courting, if you will, of Michael Jordan to Nike. So I thought that was uh, tremendous. And, and just fellowshipping. Uh, like I said, with a, a lot of tremendous and bright minds within these emerging uh, storylines around sports management around the country. Great, great point. I'm glad that you spoke about the, uh, as we got a sneak peek, if you would, about air. Ended up being pretty dynamic uh, in regard. Viola did her thing acting as yeah. mom. Just stood out and she brought it home like she seems always, certainly to understand why he wanted her to play the mom and she played it. I'm sure he's happy about yeah. uh, when he gets a chance to see that if he has or not. And it's a great uh, story, great story on uh, Sonny Vaccaro. I mean, the last time uh, I was here at uh, CSRI, Sonny Vaccaro spoke. So just getting that background information uh, in terms of uh, all that he's done for athletes' rights uh, and especially in regards to uh, just retelling that story of how Michael Jordan came to Nike and how they literally changed the game. That was, that was tremendous to look at and see. All right, great. Another great point, as you put in there, and a lot of this conference speaks to athletes' rights, so I think it's appropriate to ask Drew how he's doing, and then we'll let him get into some of his news today with the new news about transfer policy for NCAA that we kind of did coming into the show, and Charles <laughs> like, that sucks. Hey, he's already been brainwashed. We got it. We got it. Uh, Drew, how you doing today? Uh, doing fine, my brother. Just just doing fine. Uh, just, just I see fine. you got your rally shirt saying, you know, usually you come in here, you got your BCS in, or you might, you know, have uh, sports rap gear on. Uh, but uh, I see you don't represent a little bit. Yeah. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, uh, last week uh, lost a colleague of ours, uh, Kofi Hemingway, and ever since then, uh, I've been wearing Rattler gear. Got got a bunch of it in the closet. I don't pull it out all that often because when I come on shows like this or even on our own show, I try to remain neutral to, uh, as far as HBCUs. Pro HBCU, not to kind of single out a particular school, but right now I'm you know kind of on the orange green in honor of uh, of Kofi who touched so many of our lives and. Uh, he will, uh, there will be a memorial ceremony a week from Saturday uh, in Tallahassee. And I do plan on uh, making that drive back to back to Tallahassee to uh, pay, pay my respects to the family and to uh, you know, some of those who we touched in orange and green. So I'll be in my orange and green for the next uh, next few shows until until we get this uh, all settled. Yeah, it's been tough and very appropriate, so I'm glad that you uh, got a chance to speak about that and, and give some updated information in terms of Kofi. We had our moment of silence and had a chance to share some news with him. But it's been please one go back and watch yesterday. I'm sorry, Doc. Please go back and watch yesterday's uh, ONG Strike Zone show. It was, it was powerful. It was tremendous. I'm just happy that 
I had to produce that show. You know, I, I when it came up, it was like, all right, I'm going to produce this show. I'm not going to let anybody else produce this show uh, on that particular day. Kelvin, Brian, and uh, Marcus did a tremendous job. We had about seven guests. Uh, Offscript came on. Scotty, came, uh, Scotty Offscript, Willie Simmons came on. I mean, just a vast amount of people who he has touched uh, throughout not only his HBCU life, but his uh, personal life came on the show and did it. And the end, if you go, watch the last, you got to go to the last 25 minutes to, for the tribute. You know, we didn't close the show out like we normally do with the outro. The last 25 minutes was nothing but a Kofi tribute. And if you don't do anything else, you don't have time to watch the full two and a half hours. Take time to watch the last 25 uh, minutes. Appreciate that. I was saying in terms of the tribute, unfortunately, we've lost a couple of folks uh, in regards to Kofi. Others, uh, we just also had the moment of silence. We're grambling great. Uh, we had a prayer view great that we lost uh, over the week. Um, and so, Charles, I know you wanted to add some thoughts on that. You weren't on the previous show when we talked about those greats. You did get a chance um, on Tuesday to talk about grambling. Yeah, uh, like you mentioned, you know, we lost Willis Reed, but we lost another uh, legend in Otis Taylor. And uh, I can't thank uh, Ralph Cooper enough uh, for uh, promoting Otis Taylor. I mean, Otis Taylor is an individual who was way ahead of his time in terms of being one of the most dominant receivers in the NFL. And uh, through listening to Ralph, through my own watching of NFL films, but listening to uh, Ralph talk about Otis Taylor, especially in terms of his dominance at Worthing High School in, in, in Houston, uh, his dominance at Prairie View, and then uh, the numerous stories in terms of how he got to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, he, he's almost made Otis Taylor this mythical figure. Uh, so it, it is it is a tremendous loss uh, when you talk about uh, one of these greats, especially one of these greats that played in the uh, late 50s and in the, in the 60s and was part of this Kansas City Chief uh, Super Bowl championship that, uh, you know, I just have tremendous admiration uh, for the game that, that was uh, Otis Taylor. Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, back to you, Drew. Uh, NCAA, I know they came out with the transfer. Let me know your thoughts on some of the things that stuck out to you that I think the listeners want to hear more about, even though we started that a little bit pre-show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- if you haven't been paying attention, uh, NCAA has came out with new legislation on the transfer portal and the usage of the transfer portal. Now, you still, you still it, i.e., get your one freebie. Uh, but the second one is uh, the, the second transfer, which a lot of athletes are using to transfers is uh, whether the changes are coming. What can you do? How can you transfer the second time? And I was be already shaking his head. Go ahead. Name a two or three of them. Uh, the, the actually, the two or three, the only three, Dr. Kabir, reasons oh, wow. related to student, uh, student athlete, physical or mental health and well-being. I, I, can, I can go for that one. Due to extenuating circumstances outside the student athlete's control, i.e., physical or sexual assault, discrimination based on a protected class, 
assertions involving uh, diagnosed edu education impacting disabilities. So basically, if you have an IEP or something along those lines that they're not able to, uh, to accommodate you. That's it. That's how you get your second freebie. Yeah, Wait. so transferring because you want, didn't get playing time or transferring because your coach left you got, after the second time. You get one that's, freebie. That's the reason why I'm trying to transfer because I ain't getting the playing time that I want. If my coach leave, I still want to leave. So okay. now, free I'm, the I'm, athlete. I'm going to ask y'all, Dr. DeVille. Hold on, hold on, AD. <laughs> Hashtag free to athlete. Free to athlete, man. Free to started, athlete. Started, yeah. started, started. But uh, Dr. Kabir, academic reason. And this this is so disrespectful. Dupree Gloria does not meet expectations. Nope. Perceived uh, prestige of institutions degree program does not meet expectations. No. Transfer to, to change major. No, you can't transfer for any of those reasons. Charles, I'm going to give you the athletic reasons that they say no. Lack of change of participation. No opportunity to play. Reduction in playing time. Change in position or role on the team. Change to athletic scholarship and coaching change. Change to athletic scholarship is the one that gets me, though. Exactly. I can reduce change my scholarship. But I yeah. Like, I.e., I cut my money and I can't go. Are you crazy? See, see, Are you yeah. crazy? see, they they don't overcorrect it now. See, hey, that, that, that's the, uh, -uh. It, it, uh, -uh. It, of those, that's the one you got. You got to at least put that one back in. If they cut my money, free me. That's like taking, bro. That's like taking a pay cut at work and then telling and then telling me, uh, you can't turn in your two week notice. Okay. No, no, it's this. I ain't gonna be here. I'm gonna find me somebody else that's gonna pay me my work. And see what gets me? We get into these tired tropes of uh, these kids. They don't want to work hard. Yada 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 yada. But at the first chance a coach gets, if he gets an opportunity, he, you know he can go. So I mean, free athlete. A lot of athletes to be able to 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 go where he wants to go to to get the playing time or whatever the case might be or whatever the reason is. Allow him to leave. Re recruit. And if you and if you lose two coaches within your four to five years on that particular campus, that's something else going on your on your campus besides W's and L's. That's got that's a cultural thing that's going on in your campus if, if you're turning over coaches that often. And I'll say that. Yeah, great point, Charles. Let me go to you. Any news HBCU wise that you want to get out there? Or yeah, anything that stood out with you in terms of CSRI, either direction you want to go. Oh, no doubt. Uh, let's take a look at some swag news and we'll uh, take out a little bit off the beaten path. We'll take a look at bowling. Southwestern Athletic Conference is slated to host the 2023 Swag Women's Bowling Tournament March 24th through the 26th, which is this weekend at the International Bowling Training and Research Center located in Arlington, Texas. Three-day event features the league's top six teams at the conclusion of regular season play. So the top seeds uh, 2023 regular season champion, of course, with the Southern Jaguars at a 20-8 record. But Alabama State claimed the number two seed, while Prairie View claimed the number three seed. Uh, Texas Southern is the number four seed. And FAMU and Jackson State rounded out. Uh, they claimed the final two tournament bids and will enter the tournament as the number five and six seeds, respectively. So, you know, in terms of bowling, a lot of us 
our, our bowlers uh, in our spare time. So the bowling championship is this weekend in Arlington, Texas. Charles Golf, he bowls. Man, what you doing? <laughs> hey, I got to get fish. Present I gotta research. Get, I got to get fishing in now. I got, <laughs> I got, <laughs> professional man of leisure. That's what I'm attempting for. <laughs> uh, let me go back to you, Drew. Any last news, HBCU news you want to get out there? So, so speaking so of interest right now. So we went from. Nope. Nope. Come on, him. As I would like to call it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nah, nah, Doc. Uh, I'm, I'm going to reserve mine because I, I want to make sure that I leave us with enough time because you just to come out with the final HBCU. I love it. I love it. On the, on the Division two level. So I want to make, make sure that I have time to uh, adequately break down these polls and see if your posters were taking notes last week when I gave my lecture. And if not, Doc, I need you to grade them accordingly when they put this poll up. <laughs> see if they was taking good notes when I was talking last week. I love it. I love it. With that being said, we're going to get into our first break. We'll come back on the other side. Just as Drew said, we have our final mid-major top five rankings. We'll start with the women. We'll give you some of the men as well uh, later on in the show. But we'll come back on the other side and see what these two gentlemen think about the final. This is the final top five. Dr. Mills inside the HBC Sports Lab, women's and men mid-major rankings. We'll start with the women's. We'll be right back after this first break. Nope. Nope. Come on, him. Ooh, I like him. Quick, the quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. Now you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and has a restaurant-quality sheen to gravies and sauces. It's like a loot machine. Vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the tongue. When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge. Featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www. 
www.slowburnwaco.com. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to allow And who the ball, ball, so listen to Professor Yesa and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. This is Dr. Mills inside the HBC Sports Lab where we're here with the professors, Drew, Professor Bishop. We're going to get into the mid-major women's top five, uh, get into it. Before we do that, I do want to give a shout out to the lab listeners in here, uh, giving us some love. Sarah Beverly, Chuck Hunt, Silas, Edward McMorris, Mary Allen. Us in the building, Theron Waters, G Boom Holly, Jerome Jeep Sutton, Ricky Burden, Carl Edmond, Lawrence D. White. Shout out, shout out for all the love. Appreciate the love. With that being said, let's get into the mid-page top five rankings. We'll start with those teams dropping out this week. You did, we don't have any team dropping out. Things pretty much stayed the same. Uh, last week, we'll get into some of those receiving votes in this final week, which was West Virginia State Yellow Jackets finishing up the season at 22 and 7, 17 and 5 in terms of the conference race. Fayetteville State, uh, the Broncos are behind the Yellow Jackets sitting at 18 and 7, 14 and 2 as they finish the conference race out of the CIAA. And then we have another CIAA uh, program that got into the level of receiving votes, which was Lincoln uh, Lions sitting at 19-9, and 12-4. I know, according to Drew, we need to have Miles in there, and they were on that bottom line uh, in terms of receiving votes. I just didn't put up the point uh, level there, but they would be sitting in that fourth position or what we would say basically in ninth slot if we did 10 of the top 10, but they are in that receiving votes. Let's get into top five. See what is looking like as we count down to see who finishes on top in the final week ranking. This is week 11 in terms of what we did to work at number five. Elizabeth City State out of the CIAA closed out the season at 19 and 11, 14 and 2, 16 points, and they remain at number five if they close out um, the end of the season race there. At number four, Number four, you have Philander Smith, Panthers, 23-7, and 17-5. Uh, they found a way to stay in the top four. After all the great dialogue y'all had last week, you could not convince the folks to change around. Uh, a little different in the total points there, but not enough to knock them out. Uh, not even the top five. They actually hold the four spot. It'll be interesting to see y'all final thoughts on that. And number three, as we continue to move up, Florida Memorial Line. 24 and 6, 15 and 1, 46 and 3. They remain at their three spot. It looks like things just chugging away and staying like they were. No real changes here thus far. At number two, we have none other than the Russ Bearcats sitting at 26, ah. 12 and 2, 48 points. Close out the season at number two. Um, fantastic year for the Bearcats. Uh, getting it done for women's basketball at the NIA level. And you see a gluttony of the NIA programs in the poll rankings. So a great season for NIA programs in general. Gulf Coast Athletic Conference is represented well when you look at the top five at this point. But with all that being said, who is at number one? Who is the queen at the top since we're talking about the women at the top that field? Tuskegee Golden Tigers close it out 26-4, 19-0. They had that great season, all six first-place votes 
Uh, they remained at the top for the last part of the season and would not let it go. 60 points, number one poll rankings. That's what we have this week. Charles, what do you say about the poll rankings in the final weekend? That means Tuskegee, Golden Tigers earned Octaville's 2023 HBC Mid-Major Division Women's Championship uh, in terms of what we do with our poll rankings. Yeah, first and foremost, congratulations to Tuskegee. Uh, uh, AD, you and I got an opportunity to sit down and watch them play. Tremendous basketball team. Uh, I just, I, I really just enjoyed that, that rival with Tuskegee Miles. I can't say enough about that, but a well-coached basketball team, rebound, score, defend, 19-0. and 0. Their record speaks for themselves. But uh, the thing that jumps out for me is just banner year for the NAIA. Uh, for for the NAIA programs, uh, that really uh, sticks out with them really representing in the top five. What you know jumped out for me is just there were no there was no CIAA team like, except for Elizabeth City. Uh, that would be in the, the only one there in the top five. So kudos to the NAIA teams. They really really played some tremendous basketball this past season. Before we get in that, Drew, I want to ask you that before you get into your take of the top five, Charles kind of put something out there in terms of CIAA, SIEC. Um, what are your thoughts, even though they get in the top five, if you start looking at those receiving votes, um, would you say that the CIAA on the women's side, I think it's convincingly on the men's side, people thought the CIAA was a little top-heavy in terms of in the depth they had, those quality teams versus the SIEC, top team, top team, you could probably go head-to-head, but maybe a little different on the women's side. Would you say that CIAA, SIEC was on par with each other in terms of the depth from the women's side? As Charles alludes, maybe he would like to see CIAA represented a little higher, or do you say no, it's appropriate, SIEC did what was necessary? And I'm going to try to take my SIAC bias out of this. But if you look back over, say, the last three years or so, Charles, you look at uh, that be- those Benedict teams from uh, like 20, mm. 2020 when uh, Ayanna Bay was on those. Uh, mm. you, look at the, you look at Savannah State last year. You look at Tuskegee this year. And when you go, and when you go back and, and look at it, these were not – those three teams particularly are not one-hit wonders. All three, all three of these years that I mentioned, all three of those teams were good. It was just somebody had to win, somebody had to lose each of those particular years. But these are those particular schools are building a program, and Miles now is an up and coming program there in in the SIAC. Uh, when you go back and look over, uh, Lincoln has been a tremendous team in the CIAA over the last couple three years. Uh, what, happened to my, it, what happened to my perennial team, the Virginia Union? Where 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 are they? Yeah, on the women's on, on, yeah. on, on the women's side. That, the that, women's that's side. the question. That's the question, Charles. I mean, you you've had Lincoln, you've had Fayetteville, but other, other than that, you've had teams like in Elizabeth City who catches who catch lightning in a bottle in a particular year and, and get into the mix. That's what you've had in the CIAA. So while the SIAC has had a core three or four teams that have been good over the past three, four, five years, the CIAA has had one one or two perennial powers, 
and then somebody catches lightning in the bottle. So that's, I hope that kind of answers your question, Charles. Right now, I would say if you had to go conference conference versus conference, you would have to give a slight edge to the SIAC right now, today in in 2023. Now, we'll see how that works in 2024, but I I would say for the last three years, you would definitely have to favor the the SIAC. Yeah. And you make this clear because you know Stephen Gates is gonna come back in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about the women's side, not the yeah, men's. talk about the women, uh, yeah. we'll, just we'll on, on the women's side. Maybe have a different uh dialogue there, but I wanted to make sure we were specifically letting folks know we're referenced to women. And I'm with you. With that being said, Drew, what are your thoughts on the top five? Honestly, Doc. I, I, I really was trying to find some way to pick pick apart this this particular poll, and uh, it's there's really nothing there because when, when you look at the top five, your your top five teams, the top three teams were all conference champions. You can't argue with that. You can't even argue the order of it. Uh, you might be able to make a slight argument, Florida Memorial over Russ uh, in the marathon, but for the sprint, Russ had a better sprint than Florida Memorial. And with if you go with your recency bias, it's going to put Russ over Florida Memorial just just because of that. Philander uh, mm-hmm. Smith, Elizabeth City, you got a conference runner up over a conference champion, but. If you take the marathon portion of it, Philander Smith had a better overall season. They just ran into this gauntlet called the Russ, Russ College Bearcats. Exactly. Elizabeth City called lightning in a bottle and still didn't get to 20 wins. So I, I can't I can't argue I can't argue with that one either. Uh you had uh West Virginia State who made it to the tournament, but and, and also all six of those teams that I've mentioned made it to their respective national tournaments. When you add right. West Virginia State in, who's your top uh, team in the, in the receiving votes? So you can't you can't argue with it there. Fayetteville, regular season champion, one of those things we were just talking about. Lincoln, PA, that other perennial power that we was talking about, right there in the poll. You know my only beef, Doctor Cavill. Yep. The the that 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 team in Fairfield, Alabama, should be represented on here. That, that's that's the only beef that I have with with, with this poll. I have no beef with the order or or, or anything else, Doc. I think I will update that, and just so the records will reflect that final poll, I will add Miles in there. They did have the points; they were there. I just did not put them on the paper, and I think you make a convincing point. You must be in there with Charles this week. We we got to bring <laughs> it's all right. You get, you get a little bit of the bug in terms of how you two. Your analysis. I like that. This is going to be fun with Tuskegee and Miles coming up for the next uh, couple of years. Let's see how how they can sustain this. This is this is which, fun. Which which fort we talking about though, Charles? <laughs> Cause, cause yeah, they, I know. Exactly. They're at the top. Of, they're at the top right. of the sports. Exactly. That is <laughs> pretty, good. pretty good. Well, let's get into our second break. We'll be back on the other side, and we'll come talk a little bit about the men's top five and see if we have everybody on the same page. Great points made by both 
uh, Professor Bishop, Professor Drew. Stick with us. We'll be right back after our second break. We'll come back on the other side. Give me the men's mid-major final poll rankings. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay, call Cuvay. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. From novice to aficionado. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want to love you. And who the ball? So listen to Professor Yes, sir. Yes, And pay attention. Is he going to teach a lesson? This is Dr. Bill inside HBC Sports Lab with the professors. Let's get into the mid major division for the men. Again, this week, nobody dropped out, so everything's stood the test of time. We'll see if there were any changes. A lot more teams receiving votes on the men's side. Miles Golden Bears, 23-7, and 15-5. Philander Smith Panthers, uh, solid season with the men, 22-7. Tuskegee Golden Tigers, 20-9 in terms of their overall record. Claflin Panthers, 19-6. West Virginia State Yellow Jackets are 20 and 8. Think about that, man. You have literally four of the five receiving votes that had 20 wins. So it would be interesting to see That's what right. it looked like in terms of the top five uh, programs That's to get right. in there. Uh, you got to put up some wins to get in these top five. That's one thing I like about it when you shrink it down. It, it gets interesting and gets nice. With that being said, we have some mean dialogue on this week. This week we have Xavier Gold Rush, 23 and 9, 14 and 6, 42. Finish five in terms of the top five. <laughs> Coming out of the Red River Athletic Conference. And I am laughing at you, Charles, not with you. <laughs> 23 and 9, 14 and 6. Get into the NIA, win the tournament game. Now they get it done. At number four, Winston-Salem State, 20 and 9, 9 and 7, 56 points. Previous rank four, Winston-Salem State Rams are in the top 
five rankings and ended at number four. Remember, they won the tournament to the South AA, got into the NCAA Division II, uh, lost their first game there. Bringing us to number three, Virginia Union Panthers, 24-8, and 12-4, lost in the semifinals to that Winston-Salem State Rams team. But they get the bid because of their overall play, and they actually win a game. One of the few teams that went, won a couple of games in their tournament at the Division II level specifically. Virginia Union Panthers do it as an HBCU 24-8, and 8, uh, 12 and 4 coming out of CIAA, 57 points. So you see two CIAA teams in there getting us to number two. Langston Lions, 31 and 3, 20 and 2, three first place votes, 76, two first place votes. This is one I'm gonna toot my horn a little bit. We've had Langston number two sitting in that spot for a while. A lot of folks felt that Langston was really should have been maybe number one. The last mm. couple of weeks. As it would be said, if you're going to use the tournament as the measuring stick, we know it's different matchups and things of like that. 30 wins plus speaks enough of Langston, particularly when you talk about the turnaround. Nothing to shake the head about. A couple of weeks ago, Coach got on the show uh, with Brian and AD, did a great job in terms of the interview there. We had um, Smothers on, and we'll talk about that. Struthers, I should say, in terms of uh, Coach O. Between our shows, we got a chance to make sure that these NIA programs, uh, Division II programs and coaches get some shine. So I wanted to shout you out for that, A.D. Drew and Brian. Charles, for all the work, reaching out to coaches, getting it done. That's important. But with all that being said, Langston Lions had three first-place votes. A little closer than people expected, but we told everybody for a long time, keep your eyes on the two blue bulldogs. They went the furthest in the NI tournament. They actually make it to the final eight. Langston, really good. They went to the 16. We told you that Xavier even got a round in the tournament. Uh, but Tougaloo gets it done. The Daily Double winning the regular season in GCAC, winning the tournament GCAC. Tough matchup with Flamma Smith. Get it done. 32 wins, two losses, 14-0 in conference play, five first place for 79 points. Your Dr. Covill HBCU Mid-Major Division I Men's 2023 Champions are none other than two Blue Bulldogs. We'll start with you, Professor Drew. What are your thoughts in terms of the top five on the men's side? Hey, one and two, I mean, you really can't argue with one, one and two. Uh, 32 wins, 31 <laughs> wins. That's crazy. I mean, yeah. Damn. <laughs> you know, and, and, and then – the team that won 31 went at plus 30. I mean, I don't think you I don't think that's <laughs> I don't think that could ever be duplicated. You going a plus 30 in a basketball season when it comes on a on a win. Yeah, you talking about difference that's, in six wins from 30 losses yeah. to 30 wins. That's ridiculous. That that's a plus 30. It's hard to do that in baseball, Dr. Kavia, where you have right. more games, like, let alone in basketball. Uh now. Three through, we'll just say three through eight when you throw in the receiving votes. I like it. Let's get into it. Let's get into every, it. Every one of those teams has an argument on why they should be high. Virginia Union, regular season champions, faded in the in the semifinals. Winston Salem won the sprint. 
it was right. was okay okay doing the marathon though. But once again, you had a team that caught lightning in the bottle. Virginia Union's argument: Hey, we won the game in the tournament. All right. I, I could justify that over the conference champion because they did a little better in the national tournament. So now does Xavier deserve to be over Winston-Salem? Well, Xavier had a decent, decent marathon and they won their conference tournament also. <laughs> splitting hairs once again. <laughs> splitting hairs right there. So <laughs> we I'm a, we gonna hold on that one right now. Let's go to let's go to the uh, let's go to six through eight. Miles finished finish tied for their division championship, won the conference championship, but went zero two. If Miles is number six, went zero two against the team that went that that's in the number eight spot, and then later in <laughs> in the National champion in the national tournament. And you got Philander Smith sitting in the number seven spot who <laughs> lost the conference championship to your number one team in your poll, Dr. Kabir. <laughs> <laughs> All these teams have an argument over I should be higher than this team, this team should be behind me. I mean, honestly, you, you we splitting hairs. It's fine how it is, but when you give them that paperback, this is going to be when they come to your when they come to office hours next week. These are going to be the arguments over why their grades should be improved, <laughs> Doctor Kabir. I just wanted to warn you, uh, on, on some of those nine to ten, Claflin, uh, State, Claflin, who wound up second in the. Is CIAA, that would be the CIAA South. West Virginia State, who was like third or fourth in the Mount East Conference, which, according to them, is a tougher conference than the CIAA. And I like the way you last like thing, and I'm turning pretty good. <laughs> last thing before I turn it over to Charles, you don't even have the South Division champion anywhere on here in Fayetteville State, Dr. Camille. I guess you just ran out of lines on the uh, on the graphic. We're going to just leave right there. Go ahead, y'all. <laughs> well, you know what, Andy? I, 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 I'm with you because my fulcrum team was Xavier. I, I didn't know where they were going to show up somewhere. And then I was like, Ugh, do they need to be over Winston-Salem State? And then I started thinking about, wow, does Xavier need to be in front of Miles? So I'm, I'm start, I was trying to figure it out. And then I'm, I'm taking a look. I'm like, wow, where's the SIAC? SIAC is not nowhere in the top five. Okay. So, <laughs> so, so the same way I looked at the CIAA with the women, I'm like, hmm, SIAC. They play some tough ball over there, but nobody in the top five. It is what it is. Uh, let me start here. Let me start by saying congratulations, Coach Eric Stravis, uh, to, to get his opportunity. And 32 wins, that, that's a strong season. Uh, the pride of North Jackson, Tougaloo College. Shout out to all my friends from Tougaloo College. 30% of the attorneys in, in Mississippi probably come from Tougaloo College. So I definitely understand. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the Tougaloo Bulldogs. Uh, tremendous season. So happy for Eric Struthers in terms of what he's done uh, with that program and the run that they had in the postseason. I can't say enough about that. But uh, you touched on it, A.D. I mean, you talk about... 32 wins, 31 teams, 
I can't speak enough about the NAI, NAIA teams. They really have showed themselves this season three out of uh, Dr. Bill's top five from NIA. So uh, kudos to the NIA programs. Hey, quick, quick question, Charles. Quick question, quick question. Isn't this, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't this Struggles' first year as head at Tougaloo? I believe this is his, maybe it's his first or second year. Maybe it's his second year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm yes. try- I-, I can't remember when Billups retired. That's why. I- that's why. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. I can't remember right now when uh, Coach Billups retired, but uh, to replace a legend uh, like Thomas Billups yeah. and to take this program uh, even to the next step, that-, that says a lot. It says a lot. No doubt about it. Great question. Great point. Usually I, I don't get into this, but I like what Edwin D. Moore said here. Grades are final. See you next semester. <laughs> <laughs> Man, somebody trying to get to that summer break already. Yeah, somebody trying to get a summer vacation. They going in the villas of the Caribbean somewhere over there in St. Croix. Hey, Dr. Kabir, do we have a grievance committee? Not not according to Edwin D. Moore. But yeah, (laughs) we do have a grievance committee. uh, Edwin D. say, hey, y'all can grieve back in the fall. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How many people need to forget this policy? Exactly. Before we get into it and get to our next segment, is the MEAC considering the Virginia State University Conference? Don't sleep on them in football this season. Henry Frazier is the former Purdue A&M. SWAT championship coach leads them now, and he's loaded this spring on signing day. Also, the MEAC should also consider Albany State University. I like those two names that you put out there in terms of that. What was Obviously, the first one? I the first one. Folks are going to be like, hold on, leave us alone. We could down here in that. But if uh, you would see some expansion, the fact that you get in Georgia, which is something, you know, I've always said that both conferences need to consider. Uh, uh, you know, Savannah State obviously was that bridge uh, for a short while in the meet between FAMU, Bethune-Cookman, and South Carolina State. Uh, obviously, they went back to the SIC to be able to sneak back in there uh, and get Georgia, Virginia State, obviously strong in a lot of ways. I know they are considering several of these Division II HBCUs. And they're doing some unique things that I can't talk about right now in regards to how they're going to push forward. I don't see this in any uh, recent news or anything that's coming shortly. But I know also Virginia State is comfortable in terms of what they're doing at CIAA. It would take a lot to really make the move. And uniquely, a shout-out to Virginia State as they become uh, first HBCU at, the, at any level to have both men's and women's lacrosse programs. Uh, and they're going to be getting in some soccer. So uh, they're doing some good things. It'll be interesting. Strong president. Um, so I can see why the interest is there. Certainly could see uh, Virginia State making that move if they could um, decide that that's something we wanted to do. But I hadn't heard anything. Both schools have um, enrollment. Exactly. Yeah, enrollment. Both of them over 6,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is an important component. I'm glad you brought that up. You're exactly right. One of the things I always think about is in that enrollment number, but I hadn't heard anything imminent, particularly coming from the Virginia State side, that that's something that they're looking at in the near future. I'll put it that way. With that being said, let's close out on this segment. Dr. Bill's inside the HBC Sports Lab. We'll see you on the other side. We'll get a little ping of the back, baseball. 
We'll talk about a couple of teams, Division II level, maybe one or two at the NIA level. And then we'll talk about some of these key swag matchups this weekend in regards to that look like what that looks like. Talking to Drew, he'll tell you only really two teams you need to look at the SIC right now. We'll talk about those programs, and one of them happens to be one of the teams we just said. So we'll see what that looks like. Maybe it's both of the teams we just said in various ways. On the other side, stick with us. We'll be right back after this break. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slow Burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock in downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock in downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992 or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, authentic Caribbean cuisine. The human voice has always connected audiences with experiences. Major brands all across America have trusted Kevers Voice time and time again. Conversational, powerhouse, intelligent, and sincere. That's the voice you need for your creative marketing process. K-E-A-V-E-R-S-V-O-I-C-E dot com. Kevers Voice, Kevers Voice, Kevers Voice dot com. Always on, all the time. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're gonna tell you if your team, if they wanna love and who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes, sir, yes, and pay attention because he's gonna teach a lesson. This is Dr. Will with Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Let's get into the little ping of the bat baseball. We'll give you some softball updates, some big things going on that side of the well, but this. Go into some uh, mid-major, if you would, baseball. According to Black College Nines, uh, as of 319-23, top three programs. I'll give you those top three. Well, let me give you top five. I want to give a little love to Virginia State, um, the only one of the lone programs in that part of the country that is playing baseball. So kudos to them. And they're actually playing some pretty good baseball right now. They sit in the five spot, college, Black College Nines. All of us voting at poll rankings at number four is Florida Memorial University. We talked a little bit about them uh, in terms of basketball coaching search are going up. Number three, Talladega College uh, is in the baseball business right now. Number two, we'll get into the Division II side of it with Savannah State University uh, and Albany State, who will be duking it out, not only for the top of the poll rankings, but it looks like they'll be fighting it for not just the SIC, but particularly the east side of the SIC. Um, what you think about, but obviously for baseball and SIC, they just do one 
uh, division uh, one conference ranking, I should say. So it'll be interesting to see what that looks like as they go down the stretch fighting things out. So let me ask A.D. Drew, what are your thoughts a little bit about uh, particular Albany State, Savannah State baseball? <coughs> Let's see. Albany State, conference ranking. Number two in hitting. Number one in pitching. Mm. Number one in field. And you wonder why they're the number Pretty one. Pretty good team. mix. Pretty good mix. <coughs> and when, when you talk about hitting, they're number two in hitting. Uh, and I, I had it pulled up. Uh, I believe it might be Savannah who might be leading the conference in hitting at 341. And Miles is right behind him at 339. So it's not like there's a big gap between number one and number two as far as hitting going. But when you talk about their team, ERA, check that. That's Benedict who's leading the conference in hitting at 341. And Albany State at 339. When you talk about their team, ERA, Dr. Kavir, they have yes. a 281 ERA. <laughs> number two in the number two in the conference, who is also number two in their poll, is at 4.4. So you're talking about almost two two runs, a, a run and a half difference for the number two hitting team. And then they have a nine six, <laughs> and they got a nine six two fielding percentage, uh, Dr. Kavir. I mean, no, no wonder they're, they're dominating and they're, they're not playing an all SIAC HBCU schedule. They, they are playing all, yeah. all different levels of, co- of competition, so they're getting a good mix, uh, with that with the non conference uh schedule. Virginia State, they kind of uh, – and, and, and I, I don't want to disrespect Virginia State, but Virginia State's schedule might be a little fool's goal. Mm-hmm. And as I said, that when they when they played another HBCU, Savannah State, Savannah State took two out of three against Virginia State earlier this year, back in, uh, back in February. And yeah, I remember that. I'm going to start things off, yeah. Yeah, they've got a couple of the uh, HBCU. They they swept Claflin. Claflin is not really in the baseball business right now. Uh, they've got Lincoln PA coming up this weekend, and then they've got a they've got two series against Bluefield coming up. I'm, I'm just highlighting the HBCU games on Virginia State's schedule. So then we'll get their good mix of uh, HBCU, and it's tough for Virginia State just being a Division two independent. They uh. It's out there. At uh, least class is a conference. Lincoln is in a conference. Bluefield State and Virginia State are true independents. Expect, uh, Bluefield State's an independent now going to the CIAA, but Virginia State is just independent in baseball. They play whoever, uh, whenever. They'll play D1, D1, D2, NAIA, NCC, AA. You know, they, they'll play a YMCA team if they need to get a game in. Who knows? <laughs> hey Drew, let me ask you this question. Just your thoughts on that Break, breakdown in terms of mid-major baseball programs. I do want to show some love for the Gulf Coast Athletic Conference with their now having baseball as a conference sport. Shout out to Xavier, obviously not in the Gulf Coast, but they also brought out baseball a couple of years ago. Programs are not doing as well in terms of the program, but I still want to give them some love. They all get a chance to turn around. These are some first, second-year programs. Oakwood is obviously 0-9. Tougaloo sitting at 3-20. Philander Smith at 5-12. and 12. 
Dillard at six and twenty-two that just brought base, baseball along with Oakwood, Rush College seven and twelve, bringing back baseball. Wiley College sitting at eleven and eleven. Kudos for those programs for getting in there and getting baseball. Continue to build those programs. But the question I wanted to ask for you, CIAA, if we can sneak this in there before we get into some of these key SWAC matchups at Division One level for Charles, is what would be your thoughts in terms of we saw um, baseball programs, MEAC teams, if you would, schools, all other sports, uh, but they took their baseball programs as an affiliate member, if you would, in any seat. What were your thoughts about having – these four basically what will be CIAA baseball programs uh, having affiliate membership in the SIC over some period of time in some divisional matchup, even if you had to go to pods. What would be your thoughts in terms of, of that? Is that something that you see possibly happen in the SIC at some point? I could see with Bluefield State who's going to the CIAA because of geography uh, being in there. Claston, who's a former member of the SIAC, being uh, in there. But as far as Lincoln and Virginia State, <laughs> those would be uh, prohibitive, just based upon geography. You know, uh, Claflin would have some teams that are within uh, – Claflin and Bluefield would have teams within their uh, geography. You've got the South Carolina teams and the Atlanta teams – and even a Savannah State who are within a four-hour circle of both both of those teams. So I can see those two coming in. But then then the question becomes, how, how does the SIAC split up everything as far as games? So right now, they everybody plays everybody in the SIAC. They, they actually get in 33 conference games, everybody playing each other once in a three-game series. So either you have to do some two-game series if you want everybody to play each other, or you have to go back into the divisions, which I know the coaches voted to get away from divisions in the SIAC. Uh, I think this is the second year they've gone divisionless. That way they can just take the best eight teams to the uh, to the tournament, win or lose, uh, which I think is a, a very good thing. Uh just before I, before I jump off the SIC, just a couple of key uh, matchups in the SIAC this weekend. Uh, uh, oh shoot, I'm on the wrong gear. Uh, go go ahead to the SWAC, and then I'll come back to the uh, SIAC. No, no, no problems. Let me let me get with some of these as you uh, get that kind of update. And before we close out, we'll see if we have time to get that in there. I did want to go to you, Charles, with some of the SWAC matchups. What stands out to you? What are you going to be looking at this weekend? Before you do that, let me tease out some of these. You have Hostra at North Carolina A&T. Uh, just to um, provide that information in terms of those independents, if you would, uh, our four programs we just talked about that were formerly MEAC that are playing as independents in the NEC uh, would be Fairleigh Dickinson at Coppin State. Delaware State is on the road at Wagner. Uh, Maryland Eastern Shore is on the road at Sacred Heart, and Norfolk State is on the road at Central Connecticut. With that being said, uh, the SWAC matchups. Uh, FAMU is at the top after week one, 3-0 and sweep. Prairie's at the top with another 3-0 and sweep. Then it uh, gets inter interesting with some of those games in the middle, or teams in the middle, but uh, as they start to give up, when you talk about uh, Black College Nines, uh, your top programs, uh, in the poll rankings this week, 
uh, top five programs, Bethune Cookman at five. Number four is Alabama State. Number three is Texas Southern. And number two, North Carolina A&T. And number one is Jackson State. They remain, remain number one. This Ooh. is as 319 now, 319, uh, number one, even though they lost two out of three to Alabama A&M. Interesting yeah. to see what people thought about that. Uh, yeah. What are your thoughts in terms of some baseball this weekend? Key matchups, everybody can wrap their head around. What do you has your interest, Charles? Well, key matchups is, is one A and one B to me. Alabama State goes to Jackson this weekend, like you mentioned. Jackson State is still being the number one team in the Black College Nines. That's going to be a dotted brook of a weekend series with Alabama State <laughs> and, and Jackson State. One B. Uh, what kind of series? Uh, Daddy, what did you say? Series, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, I love these type series. What B for me though? Alabama AM going to Tallahassee State, Florida, take on Florida AM. With Alabama AM taking two of three from Jackson State, it opened my eyes to Alabama AM. They go to Tallahassee this weekend and get this, Dr. Cavill. They lead the league already in stolen bases, they uh have swiped 87 bags already on the season. 87 out of 109. That ain't bad at all. They, 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 they do not count. believe in staying and still do it. No, that's an old Michael Robinson ball. You get on base and you're gone. <laughs> <laughs> Texas Southern, Brent, man, I tell you what, it, uh, fun fun baseball when you talk about Texas Southern. And then Southern come to Houston this weekend. Uh, Southern's uh, hadn't had the, the best start, if you will, when you're talking about a perennial uh, championship program. So this will be a very interesting weekend to see if Southern kind of gets off the mat a little bit uh, in terms of their pitching, especially to see what they can do in Houston this weekend with Texas Southern. You're getting these midweek baseball games, so you're seeing a lot of baseball programs with some winning records, solid records, uh, some big D1 wins. Texas Southern usually gets off a little slow, and you don't want to play them later if they get a hot. Right. Good right. baseball, pretty hot. Uh, mm-hmm. Got some solid D1 wins, obviously mixing in as they traditionally with the NI programs that really has a record in good position. So that's going to be fascinating. Before we close here, Drew, I did want to get some of those. Oh, go ahead, Charles, before I go to Drew to get some of these key matchups this week. Well, just an addendum, you mentioned Prairie View started out 3-0 in conference play. I look for them to kind of carry that on this weekend. They, they got a great opportunity for a sweep against Arkansas Power Bluff. So looking forward to uh, Prairie View uh, potentially going 6-0 in conference play thus far. Yeah, you need to add these matchups up, add it up. You know, last year they got off to the big league and couldn't quite hold on, so you really want not to let one of these games fall when you have a team that may be struggling a little bit. Uh, yeah. You can put some room and space out before you play some of your strong competition exactly. in your division. So great points you make there. Uh, Drew, what are your thoughts in terms of some of the key matchups in the SIC this week? Just uh, three key matchups to keep your eye on. Uh, Albany State Benedict play each other in the three-game series this weekend. Uh, Kentucky State Spring Hill, which, which which should be a good one. That's a three-game series. Uh, Albany State travels to Benedict. want to make sure I get, uh, get that right. Uh, Kentucky State travels to Spring Hill. And probably the, the – the best one of the three is probably going to be Edward Waters traveling to Savannah State. Those are three key matchups to uh, keep an eye on. The one thing about these matchups, check the schedules because you have to see which one of these are double headers versus double header and a single versus an actual two, three game series. Uh, SIEC kind of does it both ways because of pitching. That's going to determine who wins 
these series nine times out of ten, whether it's a, yeah. a two-three game or a double in the. And let's take a look at the weather this weekend. It's supposed to be uh, a little wet around the south and some some parts this weekend. So we'll see if if everybody can get their uh, three-game weekend series in. Good stuff. Good stuff. Great baseball talk, man. Coming out of the World Championship Baseball Classic, getting into some Major League Baseball opening day, man. Y'all don't compare with y'all. Oh, I have to give y'all talk about the and Trout. Hey, A minus, baby. You know, can't let y'all get too big in the head. You know, let me change that from an A to A minus. Give y'all something to work on the next couple weeks. Good stuff on the serious side. Appreciate y'all. That'll do it for us. Thank you for listening to Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, the Dean of HBC Sports, coming from inside the lab in the College of HBC Sports with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, uh, as AD Drew jumps in here and gave us some love. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, every Tuesday and uh, Thursday. Six o'clock standard time. Black College Sports Network is streaming the Morehouse Relay Saturday, so we want to make sure we get that news out here. BCSN is streaming the Morehouse Relay, so make sure you tune BCSN this weekend to get your track game up as it is time for some track as well. Those times are up. You had the TSU release this past weekend. Uh, it was cold out there, but warm weather this weekend, and you can go down there to 90. Prairie View relays as well, Charles. Thanks for making sure we got that in. Great point. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter. Facebook and YouTube is Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you tune in, Brian and AD, on Sunday as they have their uh, monologue and give you great content, and they'll give you some updates on some of the baseball and sneak in some softball. They have their ranking out there, too. We'll give them some love next Tuesday as they get it in there, as we did a little bit of a week as well. Obviously, theirs is not just a voting poll. It's actually done by the computer, so gives you a different perspective of how you can look at the poll, and I always like that and appreciate about what they do in terms of that. With that being said, safe travels to Charles. Myself will be heading out of here tomorrow. Uh, we'll give you some updates. Um, Want to again say kudos seriously to Professor Bishop Charles Bishop, doctoral student, came down, showed out for Texas Southern University, uh, Jackson State, obviously representing Texas Southern University in the doctoral program in the presentation he did. He had a lot of accolades, a lot of appreciation in terms of what he brought to the table. I'd be remiss if I didn't give him the appropriate love that he deserved for doing that. Dream big. We will talk with you soon. No problem, Charles. We'll talk with you soon, Charles. Our course. Drew. Lecture. Dismissed.